What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. On the other side, David Lake. It has been an, almost a week, David, since we've recorded. Um, coming out of the early signing period, got a lot to get to on this pre-holidays uh, episode of the podcast. H- how you doing? Doing well. Excited for the holiday coming up. Uh, get to get to spend some time with the family, and uh, hopefully things slow down during that that few day period. Found out where Miami's going bowling. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be a fun fun time for for Hurricanes fans. Hopefully, we'll see Miami end the season on a strong note in an interesting bowl game. We'll get into that here soon. Uh, but how are you doing? I'm burnt out, man. I'm, I'm trying to recover. I just spent uh, two days over in your neck of the woods. I, I don't even know why I didn't come hang out with you in, in Naples at uh, freshman All-American game. Um, you know, I've done zero Christmas shopping. We are, you know, minus 48 hours <laughs> for Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it, trying to hold it together here. Um, but let's go over what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Oklahoma State, going to get into that. Uh Players opting out, who could declare early? I think we're going to get into some transfer portal, maybe some recruiting on the back end. So we're going to talk about all that. David, my first question from you for you, like, are you a Cheez-It guy? Do you like Cheez-Its? <laughs> I, I do enjoy a Cheez-It. Um, it, it used to be the go-to snack of my daughter. So she's kind of off that right now. Uh, and so, you know. More of a goldfish t- person. Daddy tax, I would take some cheese. It, yeah, I would say now she she prefers the goldfish. Um, but there was a phase where I, I would indulge in some cheese. It's probably three or four times a week. Yeah, I'm a big cheese it guy. Like if we had the ability to cover this bowl game, I'm sure like a normal <laughs> year, like the media press yes. box area would just have a ton of cheese. It's but we're not gonna get that. So I'll say this. On the so you know when the Bulls announced that day, you get like a fifteen-minute press conference with each head coach. Mike Gundy, as he closed out his little uh, segment with the media, he noted while sipping on a peppermint milkshake, uh, he noted that the cheese it is the favorite snack of the Gundy family. So he is hyped to play in this cheese it bowl. <laughs> um. With his like mullet and all, uh, so Miami, my what what is the the date is December 29th. Am I correct on that? Yes, December 29th, five thirty p.m. kick in Orlando, Florida, televised on ESPN. Yeah, a stadium we all know so well, Camping World Stadium. It seems like somehow Miami yeah. finds a way to be there every year, pretty much, uh, whether it's for a spring scrimmage or a game or or whatnot. Just your initial thoughts on this matchup. I think. Me and you a while back said, if you're Miami, you want to play someone you think you can beat. So <laughs> Miami beat Oklahoma State. Well, I, in a big picture sense, I do think this is like a toss-up game, right? I think both teams uh, have their strengths. Both teams have their weaknesses. I believe this is the only uh, bowl game outside of the New Year's Six that features two ranked teams. Um so it, it is a big time bowl matchup. Uh, you know, is this a game where Miami can definitely win? I would say no. Uh, 
can they win the game? I would say yes. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, just the, the doing a little bit of quick research, just initial first impressions on them. You know, we, we think about Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy as, you know, having an offensive team, chucks the ball down the field a lot, always has a good running game to go along with that um, deep passing game. And they still do that. Don't get me wrong, but really the strength and the identity of this particular Oklahoma state team is on defense. Um, they play really good defense. They have a really veteran group in the back seven, I believe like five of five or six of their players in the back seven are seniors that have played more than like 1800 defensive snaps for their careers each. Um, and it would be an even scarier group if cornerback Rodarius Williams had not opted out. He's going to be a top three or four round pick probably in the draft. So he opted out, but even still without him, their safeties, their linebackers, their, their corners, they do still have are all seniors. They're all veteran guys that have played a ton of games and they're, they're good. They're good college players. So um, they're going to, they're going to test Miami's offense, De'Ara King, and then on offense, you know, outside of Tylen Wallace, who is their star wide receiver, complete stud, uh, the strength, in my opinion, of, of Oklahoma State's offense outside of him is their offensive line. And that includes, you know, another opt out they had at that position group in Tevin Jenkins. Um, you know, he's a guy that's a road grader at guard, but even still their, their offensive line is, is quite good, I think. And, uh, you know, so that matchup's going to be interesting because I'm sure as we'll get into Miami had some opt outs on the defensive line and, uh, you know, we'll see if the Hurricanes can win that matchup against Oklahoma State's offensive line. I just counted. You used the word opt out five times in the past minute. <laughs> that's uh, that's modern college football in bowl season, right? 2020, man. Um, how about, I guess, how much more? concerned would you be if Chuba Hubbard was playing in this game? Quite concerned. Um, but I will say like, I, I don't think not having Chuba is going to greatly impact their run game. I think similar to North Carolina, you know, their, their run game is based on numbers. So if a defense shows big numbers in the box, uh, Oklahoma state's going to chuck it outside the numbers to Tylen Wallace. If a defense shows that they're going to put a, you know, two DBs on Tylen Wallace, then they're going to run the ball. So uh, I'll say this in their, in their recent win over Baylor. And again, I, I understand it's Baylor. So take it with a grain of salt, but true freshman Dominic Richardson stepped in and ran for 169 yards and three touchdowns. And that was the second best performance by a true freshman running back at Oklahoma State since Thurman Thomas. Um, so, uh, you know, is he is he Chubba Hubbard? No, but I still think they're gonna be able. Like, I wouldn't just assume because Chuba or Chuba Hubbard is out that Oklahoma State is not going to be able to run the ball again. I think their offensive line is quite good. Well, it seems like anyone can run the ball against Miami if you uh, throw on that North Carolina tape. Um, Manny Diaz and Mike Gundy have some history, correct? 
Yeah, they, they faced so back to the Big Twelve days, right? When when Texas, when Manny Diaz was at Texas, they played uh they played one game uh, during that what two and a half maybe year span when when Manny was there, and Texas did win that game forty one to thirty six. Now I will say, um, you know, Oklahoma State put up big yards <laughs> in in that game, so that's not very encouraging. J.W. Walsh threw for 301 yards with two touchdowns and one interception. And Joseph Randall, the running back, ran for 208, or sorry, 199 and two touchdowns. And as a team, they ran for 275 yards. So uh, Miami can't let that type of production happen. I don't think this Oklahoma State offense is as talented as that one was, but but still, it's it's not a good sign that you know, Mike Gundy's offensive system had a bunch of success against Manny Diaz's defensive system in a big picture sense. Um, sorry, <laughs> was was not was not prompted right there. I had something was was sipping on something. What, what do you think about the betting line? Uh, opened at four. This is according right. to Vegas Insider. It is down to two. Right. Um. That's because 50 or actually, I'm sorry, 82% of the money is on Miami. This is again, according to VegasInsider.com. So it's, it's dropped down to two over under with 60 and a half. That's down to 58 and a half. This seems kind of, kind of fair. I mean, this seems feels I agree. like a toss up. I think it's a toss up and, you know, a common theme for any bowl game, honestly, is which team wants to play this game. Right. which team is going to show up um, in that regard. I don't really know much about Oklahoma state to be honest. Uh, but, but in terms of Miami, you know, I think that's a fair question considering how the North Carolina game went. I think, you know, opening the opening line at four is kind of a reflection of that. Like I think Las Vegas probably assumed that people would, uh, you know, not bet on Miami because of that, you know, our, our last memory of them is them getting destroyed by North Carolina, um, which I, you know, that's fair if you want to bet that way. Um, but I do think, you know, Oklahoma State has had some issues too this season. They, they've, they've had some poor performances, um, you know, losing 50-something to 40, or sorry. Yeah, did they lose or win? So they won barely 50 to 44 over a really bad Texas tech team. And then they lost the next week uh, against TCU. So, you know, I don't think Oklahoma state's necessarily rolling into this game either. Um, and, and let's be real too. Like, is the big 12 all that good? You could say that about the ACC is the ACC all that good outside of, you know, the top teams. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think overall it's it's kind of a, a toss-up game. And the deciding factor, let's be real, is going to be which team shows up, which team wants to play. And honestly, too, another thing to watch out for is both teams are going to be going home for Christmas. Uh, both coaches are going to allow the players go spend time, spend Oof. Christmas with their families. And, you know, that's, that's nice. That's good. Um, but, of course, that, that – makes you susceptible to COVID. Um, so is there any, any shakeout with that in terms of, 
you know, starters or key players being out for the bowl game due to that. So that'll be another thing to monitor. It's certainly a storyline. Uh, I think, do you, would you think it's an advantage for Miami that they're in state? I'm assuming, you know, it's just going to be one night in the hotel. Um, yeah. Just driving up the turnpike, really. Like, do you think that m- means anything different? Miami's been here before in the stadium or you don't buy into any of that. I, I think it really comes down to if you, have, in my opinion, it just comes down to who wants to be there. Right. I don't know if that Matt, I mean, I think both teams honestly are just looking at it as a typical road game. Right. So I don't think we, I don't think we should even view this game as a bowl game. It's kind of like a neutral site road game, right. Where the teams both get there a day or two before the game and then just go play. Yeah, um, that's fair. So we'll see. Um, Let's talk about the, not the opt-outs, but big news over the weekend. Uh, Two Miami players have declared for the NFL draft. Not all that surprising. It is Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. And I guess just now on, what is it, Tuesday, Wednesday morning on Twitter, Jose Borregales has also declared for the NFL draft. But that was kind of a given because he had already accepted a senior bowl invitation uh, time for the young defensive ends to step up. No time for the young defensive ends to step up. Yeah. I mean, Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams, I would assume will get the first starts of their UM careers. Um, they need to, they need to take their games to another level than, than what we've seen this year. I don't know if I would say their performances have been disappointing I don't know if that's fair, but maybe I expected more out of them than, than we've seen, particularly in the, in the second half of the season. Um, you know, they give Miami's coaches have given a, a big snap count to Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Um, and, you know, part of that is probably because those guys, they don't think those guys are good enough. So, uh, this is an, an early audition, right, for that position group for 2021. Uh, and, and I would throw Chance Williams in there, the true freshman as well. So um, if you don't want – if these guys don't want Miami to bring in a bunch of graduate transfers at defensive end, they need to step up and show something against Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's kind of like an open audition. Um I, w- I was wondering, who do you think will be the third defensive end in that rotation? Is it Chance? I think it'll be Chance. And I don't know who the fourth one would be, to be honest. I would guess Jason Blissett. Um, but I guess it could be Elijah Roberts, maybe. Maybe Quentin Williams. I don't know. Who are both true freshmen that probably, you know, similar to Blissett, project as or maybe Patrick Joyner I don't know um but yeah I think Chance will definitely be the third I I have questions as to who will be the fourth though who, who do you think will be the fourth I, I was I was kind of wondering that as well I mean normally in other years you would you would get a chance to at least see 15 minutes of, of stretching and whatnot and, and who knows maybe Patrick Joyner is back getting snaps with the defensive ends um I'll say this about the defensive end situation. Like I have always been a fan of Cam Williams. I've always been a fan of Jafari Harvey, Jafari Harvey, excuse me. But the time is like now, man, like Jafari, you were 
uh, a top 24 seven kid. Some people, people had you as a five star, like you got to step up now and, and kind of take over that role. And I, I think he could do it, but we, we got to see it. I agree. I think there's talent with, with all three of these guys, right? Chance, chance is young. So you, you somewhat give him a pass. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams at this point in the season, you view them as kind of like third year guys. So let's see, let's see you start to, you know, the thing that's tough with them, like you would almost give them a pass. Like if, if, if they weren't necessarily consistent in run support, but the thing with, with both those guys that has me scratching my head is like, we're not even necessarily noticing them that much in recent weeks with um, putting pressure on quarterbacks, which is what both those guys in theory should be good at doing. So again, Oklahoma state, you guys got to step up this game and we'll see how that goes. Any other um, position groups you're going to be, well, I guess, I guess we were going to, I know you wrote something, I guess I, I don't know. This is an awkward transition for me, but you wrote something about other were, were more used should play against Oklahoma state. So kind of break that down for us. Where do you think some young guys should get on the field? Yeah, I want to, cause you know, in, in a, in, in some ways the bowl game, like, don't get me wrong. The first goal is to win the game. So if, it, you know, if Miami has to play a bunch of bowl guys, sorry, play a bunch of young guys to sacrifice winning the bowl game. I'm not for that. Priority number one is win the game, but I do think Miami should rotate in some young guys because bowl games should be viewed also, especially these bowl games, as a bridge to next season. So, you know, I want to see guys like Don Chaney. I'd like to see him get a heavy workload with carries. Um, I'd like to see guys like wide receiver Keyshawn Smith, who's a true freshman that I think has a lot of talent. He needs to get more, more time in the playing rotation. Navon Donaldson. A senior offensive lineman, but a guy who's coming back next year and and I think is important to the ceiling of of how good next year's offensive line will be. And then probably the last guy I'll touch on is Tyreek Austin Cave. Um, I think that linebacker spot is a big question mark, right? Going yeah. into this off season, um, the time is now to figure out what you have there. Uh, I don't think. Of course, he's going to get a ton of reps in the spring, but why not, you know, give him 10 to 15 snaps uh, against Oklahoma State and see how he does, sink or swim, you know, let's go. And, and if Miami feels good about what he shows in that game, maybe they don't need to use that transfer portal spot at linebacker. Um, but, but if he does look, you know, like there are some things that are concerning to them and maybe he needs more time, more years of development, then yeah, go get a, a transfer portal linebacker. So those are just kind of the, the key spots I'll be watching to see if they rotate in some younger guys. Uh, one last thing before we get into the break, not even on the show script, Ephraim Bonda, Miami's yeah. co-defensive coordinator, safeties coach, uh, report surfaced late last week that he could become the defensive coordinator at Utah State. There hasn't really been anything... Yeah. on that front recently i'll say this um right after the early signing day i was under the impression that he was likely to take that position um from what i had gathered what i'd heard one of the big reasons why 
is because he would be given full control of the defense. It would be his defense. You have to remember sure. he's a guy that's been working under Manny Diaz. Um, so this will allow him to kind of branch out. Uh, but right. I don't know. I, I think I do think it's interesting that we are now four or five days since that reports came out and, and there's been no kind of follow-up. So I, I'm wondering, you know, if, if Miami or and more importantly, Manny is, is trying to keep him in Coral Gables. Right. And, and you know, fr- from coach Banda's perspective, it, it is a debate, right? So like you mentioned, he has the chance to run his own defense. I'm sure that's appealing. Uh, on the flip side, it's Utah State, and it, it's not going to be an easy situation to turn around, right? At Miami, um, he has a chance to coach two of the best high school prospects in the country at safety that he signed. He landed in Avante Williams and uh, James Williams, right? So you would think if he just stays patient at Miami, and those guys turn into the players we think they can be eventually, he's going to be a, a hot commodity uh, maybe for bigger programs than Utah State. Um, so these are, these are situations that all coaches have to balance. You know, obviously Coach Banda has defensive coordinator aspirations, and he's just got to figure out if now is the time to jump and make that move. So we'll see. Okay, let's take a quick break. On the other side, interesting name just entered the transfer portal. We're going to get into that. Who might leave uh, for Miami for the NFL? So we'll, we'll talk about it on the other side. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, David. Um, I know we keep teasing the transfer portal, but before we get into that, let's kind of go over some of Miami's draft-eligible players um, and what we think they're going to do. Perfect guy to start with. I think this is going to be quick hitters, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, yeah, let's start with Derek King, right? Okay. I think he's the key to everything, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think if Derek returns, I think you would see some of the seniors return too, guys like maybe Mike Harley, um, 
you know, other guys, maybe Jared Williams, the offensive lineman, maybe. Uh, and then there's guys like Zach McLeod, John Ford, Amari Carter, but Derek King. So right now, the way I'm operating is I'm, I'm assuming he's going. Um, again, I'm not reporting anything. I'm j- I, just, I just think he's going to go jump in and, and test the NFL waters this offseason. I think you could make the argument that, you know, the, the thing that holds him back and is always going to hold him back is his height, and he's not going to get in, any taller, uh, you know, if he comes back in 2021. Um, so, and I think, you know, there's people around him that have made it clear that he kind of understands, like, yes, he wants to try and pursue being a quarterback at the NFL level, but he kind of understands what the deal is. And if he has to play wide receiver or even running back, he's more than willing to give that a go. So um, I'm not sure he's like totally locked into, I have to be a quarterback in the NFL. He understands his situation. And so for that reason, you know, I, I am a, I am operating that he will not return in 2021. Hopefully I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will be surprised and, and very happy about that. Well, I think if you're a Miami fan, you anticipate him leaving uh, just because that's the way it's gone. I'll say this. Talked with some people midway through last week. So this is a little dated, but I, I got the impression that they thought he might stay. Um and these are people in Coral Gables. Who knows if that's going to be the case, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going. Uh, so that leads me to believe that he's still contemplating staying, and, and, and we'll see. I think it is notable that he's playing in the bowl game. Yeah, you know, He could have opted out. Jamie Newman didn't even play a season at, at, at Georgia. So let me ask you this. Like, as far as we can tell publicly, right, it doesn't appear that Miami is pursuing any transfer portal quarterbacks to this point. Do you, think, do you think that's a sign as well? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've said it before, you know, from my understanding, the number one quarterback target for or recruit on the board, uh, aside from Jake Garcia, was Derek King, keeping him right. around. So, yeah, uh, it, to my knowledge, no, um, they haven't talk to any portal guys yet right right so you know maybe that's a sign we'll see how the bowl game goes and like i said i think if Derek king does come back i think these guys that might be you know on the border of of staying or going i think they stay right i think he is that type of guy that magnetic guy who guys would come back to play with um i agree so Next guy, Brevin Jordan. What do you think? Stays. Really? I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go like I'm gonna. This is gonna get audio clipped. I'm gonna go. Uh, no. Oh, oh, for five. No, this is just our opinion. Um, I think he should think stay. He I think he should stay. Okay, because. Um, get him higher up in in, in on the board. I mean, but he's probably a, you know first three rounds type of guy. So there's absolutely the reason for him to leave. I don't know. I, I, maybe it hinges on what Derek King does. Fair. Yeah. I think he falls into that category. I'll say this in terms of, 
of staying or going, I think it's a sign that he hasn't opted out of the bowl game. Um, he's got to play, man. He's, he, he's missed a ton of games due to injury. I agree. No, that is something he's going to have to answer with, with the NFL, you know, if he leaves this year or next year. I will predict he leaves. Um, and again, this is just my opinion. I just, you know, he's a, I do, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's a first round pick, but I think he's a top three round pick. And I don't know if he comes back, if he's even, I don't think he's ever going to be a first round pick, I guess is what I'm getting at. Okay. I think, I think his ceiling's a second round and maybe he comes back and wants to be a surefire second round pick. Um, and maybe that happens if he comes back. Uh, but I don't know if coming back necessarily dramatically changes his draft stock. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, he kind of is what he is. He doesn't have right. the prototypical measurables. I'm not saying he's not a productive player, can't be a productive guy in the NFL, but he is on the more limited size when it comes to, to height and length. But he can block and all that. So, yeah, he's an interesting one. Bubba Bolden. <laughs> I mean, I, I would think he comes back given how the second too. given how the second half of the season has gone. Um, but again, who really knows? I I think he I think he should come back. So I will I will agree with you there. What about Nesta? He's an interesting one to me. I think he comes back as well. I agree. I think I mean he should, I think, right? He took a big nice step forward this year. But I still think there's some areas to improve for him to clean up in his game. And, uh, you know, I think another year at Miami would definitely help his draft stock. Yeah. An interesting one here, Cam Harris. I believe he tweeted out, what was it, Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday. Decision coming on. Decision coming, January 1st. Um, What do you make of that? Is is he going to have like a hat on the table? We're going to get an Instagram live feed or or what? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. so this is an interesting one, right? Because we, we've me, said that we've said that about all of them. Uh, to me, putting that out suggests he's leaving. I, I think that's fair, and so on the surface, it might make you scratch your head. Um, but think about it: like he is a running back. That's a position where you know it. You get beat up. So if you feel like you can go and whatever, make a case for yourself. Maybe you should go. I think he's, I think we all see what's, what's coming in behind him. And he probably knows this too, uh, that if he returns next year, he's probably going to lose snaps to Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney. Um, I think too, just in general, he worked his butt off uh, going into this season and, you know, the production hasn't really been there outside of those first three games. Um, so I think if you're projecting next year, you would project him maybe even being the third best, you know, the third running back on the depth chart. So why would he come back? Um, you know, if you're not going to get drafted this year um, and you're not going to get drafted next year, why not just take your chance leaving this year and making the best of it? you think there's a chance he could even transfer somewhere? I mean, you never say never, right? I mean, I guess there's a chance. I, I would I would be surprised. Uh, if you remember, he was like going in 
on Lorenzo Lingard last year, right? When, when Lorenzo Lingard transferred to Florida, he was, he was kind of tweeting out some cryptic shade about, you know, running from competition and all that type of stuff. So I would be surprised if he transferred, but you know, you never say never anymore, I guess. Forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. So, and then, you know, those seniors, I would just say, you know, the guys like Mike Harley, Amari Carter, John Ford, Jared Williams, I would say, you know, if Derek comes back, maybe, maybe some of those guys come back. I would say, Mike Harley, probably, right? I would assume Mike Harley would come back if Derek came back. Uh, maybe even Jared Williams. Uh, not convinced with the Jared Williams, but maybe he comes back too. But I think in general, like I'm kind of in the same boat as, as my thoughts on Derek. I think those guys are just going to move on and, and try and pursue whatever happens, you know, at the next level or, or after college football. Doesn't a lot of this probably come down to what – they look like on december 29th it could yeah it could you know what 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 the vibe is i just go back to the pinstripe bowl where they got absolutely smacked by wisconsin and then it just kind of all fell apart from there like what version of miami are we getting are we getting the hurricanes that dominated west virginia it was that in mark rick mark rick's first year and that was kind of a stepping stone and a building block towards the next season, or does no one want to be there? I think how things go can dictate, you know, what's next. Cause it's real easy. It's real easy to check out if, if things go South in Orlando and you have a long bus ride back and you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do this anymore. So. Right. And it hasn't been like, it's, it's been fun, you know, watching the program take a step from, from last season. But these players have been asked to do a lot to play this year. And it's been a grind. And so, you know, if they didn't want to sign up for another college football season, I would understand it. Um, so, yeah, to your point, it's weird to say, but I do think the outcome of the bowl game will play kind of a, a role in all these decisions. Yeah. No, I absolutely think it was. I mean, go from the vibe and everyone's emotions following the Duke shutout to a week later after how things went against North Carolina. I mean, uh, we always use flip the script, but things things change fast. Uh, Let's talk about the transfer portal. Yeah, it's as hot as ever. I think I saw somewhere Jeff Scott said he anticipated over a thousand kids not having a home to transfer to in terms of going from FBS to FBS. That was in some Yahoo story. Jeff Scott's right. the head coach at USF. We've been saying this forever. The, the transfer season is going to be crazy. Uh, give me three guys at any position that kind of intrigue you and, and make your case. So you can do one, then I'll do one. Cause I got three of my own. Okay, I bet we will have sim- a similar answer here, so I'll just get this one out of the way. He entered the portal officially yesterday. Uh, Georgia defensive end Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, no-brainer. Top guy in the portal for me. Top, Maybe the top guy in the portal yet, right? Um, not just for Miami, but probably the top. He's probably going to be the top defensive end that enters the portal. Um 
tell us about his like why he entered the portal and what what type of player he is what's his background what do we need to know about him uh, he's a junior college kid who was on last chance U. went to georgia i mean everyone was after him and he's leaving it and it sounds like from what i've heard and i know rusty manzel uh, from the Georgia site uh, at 24-7 Sports. He kind of wrote this in, I think it was something uh, on Monday or Tuesday, that one of the reasons why Jermaine is leaving Athens or wants to leave is because he wants more snaps. And right. I think if you're Miami, like, bam, I would point to the fact yes. that you are going to have Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips, and Greg Russo all potentially go in the first round, and they're all at least going to go in those first two days. And right. point to the snap snap totals those guys got. Um, so I, I, that's why I think he would make a ton of sense. Like you said, everyone is going to be after him. I would I would anticipate. Um, yeah. But while some of these schools have been busy loading up on transfers, you know, guys in the portal, uh, this is the first one that I feel like it's like all right, he's a dude, and Miami seems to only kind of really take like dudes out of the portal i know there's been some misses but sure i mean they don't just go after anyone and, and they normally win these kind of battles i mean am i wrong on that like it makes a lot like on both ends the match makes a lot of sense in my opinion i would be surprised if miami doesn't make a run at him and if they do make a run at him, I would be surprised if Miami doesn't land him. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But yeah, I think Jermaine Johnson makes a ton of sense for Miami. I think Miami makes a ton of sense for Jermaine Johnson. But like you said, he's going to be highly sought after by a lot of programs. Do, do you anticipate, like not asking you to report, but would you think Miami would go after him? Yes. I yeah. think there has been conversations inside the football offices in Coral Gables regarding Jermaine Johnson. Uh, you know, he hasn't been in the portal until, like you said, it's been less than 24 hours from when we're taping this. I don't know if there's been contact, but I'm confident uh, that they uh, that his name has been discussed multiple times. So I, I think they're absolutely going to try to make a move. Let me, let me follow up. Do you think it's more attractive that Miami is a fourth, runs a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4? Yeah, because at Georgia, he was, you know, technically an outside linebacker. I, I do think he's more of a, a defensive end. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I do agree with that. I'm just saying a lot of other teams in the SEC, they run three fours. I think this is right. a case where Miami having a four three defense where, uh, <laughs> you know, the staff apparently isn't afraid to play a guy 90% of the snaps on the road is, is certainly attractive. Right. And yeah, you, you talked about the snaps. He probably averaged, I'm looking at his snaps this year. He probably averaged like 25-ish snaps per game uh, this season. And look, Georgia's ridiculously deep in their front seven. They rotate a ton of guys. That's why he didn't play that many snaps. But, you know, as we know, Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, towards the end of the year, we're averaging, you know, 50, 60 defensive snaps a game. And so and helping them be productive and make a case for the NFL draft. So you would think all these boxes Miami checks for Jermaine Johnson. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Miami makes that move. Okay. So he's, he's one a for, or he's number one for me, number one for one. you. Give me your next one. 
Yeah. So I will go, I'll go at linebacker and I'll bring up Justin Rice, who is a Arkansas state mm. uh, linebacker. There is some concerns there chasing a group of five linebacker. I get it. Um, but he's a guy that's going to be a one-year transfer type thing. Six two, two twenty-five. I think in high school he played running back. And I think maybe early in his college career, he played some safety. So what I'm getting at with that is, is he's, he's got some athleticism to him. Um, he originally signed with Fresno. So in 2019 at Fresno state, he totaled 112 tackles and seven tackles for loss. He then transferred to Arkansas state this past year where he totaled 76 tackles and 18 and a half tackles for loss. So he's a guy that plays downhill. He does have good speed. You know, if you can pull up YouTube highlights on him. Um, so you've gone like full dive into this guy. Oh yeah. I love the YouTube highlights where everyone looks like an all American. Uh, but no, I do think there's something there with him. And I do think he would help Miami's defense for the 2021 season. Um, you know, do I think Miami is going to necessarily make a move here? I would, I would not count on that, but you know, of the guys that are in the portal right now, he is intriguing to me. Okay. I, I know you didn't have a chance to look up this next guy because he Let's literally, it, he literally, I think entered the portal uh, about 20 minutes ago while we're taping this. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> breaking news. Let's go. It's not, it's not that exciting. Oh, okay. Um, no, it is. It is. I, I think we, we mentioned Jermaine Johnson's like tier one for defensive end. Correct. Uh huh. I put this guy in tier two. All right. I'm, I'm going to try not to butcher his name. I pulled oh, up the pronunciate pronunciation. Arnold Ebu Katie. <laughs> all right. He's a defensive end at a temple. Right. We know hey, Temple. There's a Manny connection. Diaz. Manny Diaz, a head coach there for 18 days. David Feely came from there. Uh, first year starter this year as a redshirt junior at Temple. Second team all AAC. Uh, had four and a half sacks in six games. Um, played a bunch on the edge. I would, I would assume probably taking over kind of for Quincy Roche. Native of Maryland, born in Cameroon. Um, I, I just think he would be like a tier two option for Miami when it came to trying to find a defensive end. Hey, we don't know what Jafari Harvey or Cam Williams are going to do against Oklahoma State. I mean, those guys could come out and account for four sacks that can make it a right. little bit more difficult to get a Jermaine Johnson. So I think a guy like him in terms of being almost an all conference type player um, that's has a college body been in the strength, a strength program has played meaningful snaps at a high level. Like he would be uh, he would make sense. And why am I bringing up another defensive end? Like, I think it's going to be that important for Miami. Like that's, that's where they have to absolutely yeah. use a counter. I've been hearing that now for a few weeks and, you know, now that Jalen Phillips and, and uh, Roche are, are gone, like they, they have to get another body. I think. Let me ask you this. Do you think it makes sense at all to add two defensive ends in the portal, or do you think it should just be one? Oh, I mean, that goes big picture. What happens with the Eric King? Um, right. 
you know, do does the NCA lacks the counter rules? I mean, Miami has three spots right now. Right. Three spots. Right. Uh, so just just one. I mean, yeah. I I mean, yeah. Because I think there's other needs elsewhere. You got to add a corner, and this will lead into my. You want me to give you my, my next guy? Let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> Wide receiver. Um, Ooh. Yeah, this guy's been in the portal for a while. I don't believe there's been any contact with Miami. Let me pull him up. I, I was like, I was reading through transfer portal stuff all night. Oh, uh, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> Samori Toore, to- to- who is a wide receiver out of the University of Montana. They did not play this fall. Mm-hmm. Have you have you looked this kid up before or no? I yeah. He he entered the portal a couple months ago, correct? Yes, back yeah. in November. Um all conference type player, uh, big sky in the big sky conference, put on his highlight tape, like you said, and, it, and he looks awesome. Um set Montana single season records in both receptions with 87 receiving yards, 1495. 13 touchdown passes. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. Um, from what I've gathered, probably like a NFL-type guy. Um, yeah. Had 303 receiving yards in, in, in a playoff game last year. I think uh, he actually broke uh, Randy, Randy Moss's FCS playoff single-game record with that. Um, I, I think Miami's considering, and this would probably dictate – or, or hinge on what Derek King does, but right. I, I could see them trying to add a receiver, and he's one of my favorite that's in the portal. I know there's some other former highly ranked guys there, but they haven't produced. Right. And, and Samori, to me, could be like a K.J. Osborne, a veteran that's coming in. I'm trying to improve my draft stock. I'm here to be that guy to work and you know help elevate that room. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, and I'm with you. Like if De'Ara King does stay, they need to, I do think they need to get him a number one receiver. Um, I would think that would be part of the pitch to be honest, to get him to stay. Um, all right. So this guy, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like I'm not like super passionate about it. And honestly, it's more to do with the position, the need rather than I already know who it is. The guy, like I, 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 I think there's going to be better options, hopefully, eventually, as you know, over the next month. But let me throw out cornerback Chester Kimbrough from the University of Florida. What are your thoughts? I mean, is he the best corner that's in the portal right now? I think it's up for debate, right? Um, okay, he's, and, in the, he's in the top five. Right. So I almost had him on my list, too. Um, and I, I looked up and down for a corner that made sense. And there really isn't anyone no. for, right. I sent you that one kid that was a starter at Bowling Green who went 0-5 this season. His PFF right. stuff wasn't great. Like, there, I agree. There is not a, um, yep, this is the guy you go get type right. of dude in the portal. The thing, and, and there, so in my opinion, the best fit would be like a senior corner who comes in for a year, obviously has, has good production at his previous stop can come in and be a starter for one year. Chester Kimbrough, I believe is a redshirt sophomore. 
And so, you know, I think age and how all that stuff, uh, you know, compares to the rest of your roster does matter. Like bringing him in, is that going to scare off, you know, a Marcus Clark or an Isaiah Dunson? Is that going to upset them? So that would be a balance there with Chester Kimbrough. But I do, I do think there is some talent there. The, the thing too, though, is like, is he necessarily the type of talent that you would want to make that, tr- that potential trade-off of shaking up that cornerback room? I'm not necessarily sure about that. Like, is he more talented than Al Blades or DJ Ivy? I don't know, right? I think he does help your numbers, your depth at, at corner, which Miami does need to do. Um, but like, is he a, a plug and play starter? I, I don't know. I, I would probably say not. So again, the position, I think Miami does need to go out and, and explore. Um, and right now he would be, in my opinion, the guy I would chase. There's that guy from Vanderbilt, Dante Carrier Williams. Um, There's two guys from Vanderbilt with South Florida, Florida ties. Right. So I don't know. I mean, Dante is like a, a senior, so he, he checks that box, but like, I don't know. Is he, is he good enough? Is, is it, is it really a move worth making? I don't, cause like you said earlier, like Miami does a good job of taking elite transfers. Like they don't really want to mess around with guys who are just going to improve the numbers. Um, I mean, they have, I want to say like, not everyone has hit. Sure. You know, Chigoze comes to mind, Tito, like those were good, solid guys, but they get impact dudes in my opinion. And if you have three spots, you need to get impact dudes. So, you know, I do think that the portal is going to explode even more once bowl season's over. Right. So if that happens and a big time corner enters, I I would hope Miami pounces. Yeah. And, you know, Miami could potentially count some guys forward. Like I think that's always on the table. Right, right. You got another one? I gave you my three. Oh, you gave us three? Okay. Oh, I, I do have one more name that I do like that entered the portal. Um, Xavier Alford, he is a freshman at Texas, uh, plays in their kind of hybrid rover position, so linebacker safety. He entered the portal on – Tuesday night, you know, I, I think if we're talking maybe striker, linebacker, weak side backer guy, he's someone that's interesting to me. I, I think he actually visited Miami at, at one point with, with the fast Houston team during the recruiting process. I mean, I, I doubt Miami gets involved in him, but to me, he's, he's an attractive option, former top 24-7 kid out of, out of the Houston area. Um, that's it. What about you? So, yeah, let's review. Like, the positions right now that we think Miami should really target in the portal would be elite wide receiver, like wide receiver one, if, if those guys enter, uh, defensive end, uh, maybe linebacker, maybe corner, correct? Correct. No, I, you, I think corner for sure. Okay. So you feel, you feel better about the future at linebacker than you do at corner? Yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? Let, I don't know, man. I just, I don't, that North Carolina game messed me all up. So I don't, 
I don't know what to make of their linebacker situation right now at all. Like I do like the idea of Tyreek Austin cave. I do like the idea of Avery Huff, but you know, let's be real. We haven't really seen them. So um, let me throw this just as like a bonus, right? Let's say Derek King decides to go pro. Um, and I'm not like pounding the table for him. Uh, but what would you say about quarterback Hendon Hooker? Oh, I, 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 he, I saw his name and I kind of circled it when I was going through the, the transfer portal. I, dude, I, I'd be for it. Um, it's intriguing. Yeah. And there are limitations there, of course. Like we've all seen them now. Like not the most dyna- like not the greatest passer, right? But he's good enough, I think, as a passer. And that running ability, you know, Rhett Lashley knows how to use that at the quarterback position. Um, I think he would be the best option as of right now. That's in, right now. in, in yeah. the portal, correct? As of right now, yes, I think so. Um, but again, there's probably going to be more guys entering when bowl season's over and all that stuff. So, um, but he is a guy that that caught my attention. For sure, for sure. Uh, what do you got coming up on the site? in the next couple of days. So I'm going to do more (laughs) like I enjoy writing it and people enjoy reading it. So I'm going to, I'm going to provide even more transfer portal names to know Um, like on Christmas, just kind of like a a throwaway article for people to read. So if you enjoy the transfer portal talk and want to know more about some of the top guys in the portal, I'll provide those names and what they're all about. And then, you know, just, we'll, we'll, I'll write more about Oklahoma state and uh, you know, recruiting never stops. So yeah, it doesn't, you know, there'll be more, I'm sure popping up between now and the next podcast. Maybe we'll see. All right, guys. Well, we will hopefully have a podcast. Uh, I would assume before the Oklahoma state game. Yeah, um, we will. And then one uh, more. Yeah. One more. And then we'll just keep it going. So we appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you later. Take care, guys. Happy holidays and uh, enjoy the time.